section one of when god laughs and other stories by jack london this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to find out how you can volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. section one when god laughs with compliments to harry cowell the gods the gods are stronger time falls down before them all men's knees bow all men's prayers and sorrows climb like incense toward them yea for these are gods felice carquinez had relaxed finally he stole a glance at the rattling windows looked upward at the beamed roof and listened for a moment to the savage roar of the southeaster as it caught the bungalow in its bellowing jaws then he held his glass between him and the fire and laughed for joy through the golden wine it is beautiful he said it is sweetly sweet it is a woman's wine and it was made for grey-robed saints to drink we grow it on our own warm hills i said with pardonable california pride you rode up yesterday through the vines from which it was made it was worth while to get carquinez to loosen up nor was he ever really himself until he felt the mellow warmth of the vine singing in his blood he was an artist it is true always an artist but somehow sober the high pitch and lilt went out of his thought processes and he was prone to be as deadly dull as a british sunday not dull as other men are dull but dull when measured by the sprightly white that monte carquinez was when he was really himself from all this it must not be inferred that carquinez who is my dear friend and dearer comrade was a sot far from it he rarely erred as i have said he was an artist he knew when he had enough and enough with him was equilibrium the equilibrium that is yours and mine when we are sober his was a wise and instinctive temperateness that savoured of the greek yet he was far from greek i am aztec i am inca i am spaniard i have heard him say and in truth he looked it a compound of strange and ancient races what with his swarthy skin and the asymmetry and primitiveness of his features his eyes under massively arched brows were wide apart and black with the blackness that is barbaric while before them was perpetually falling down a great black mop of hair through which he gazed like a roguish satyr from a thicket he invariably wore a soft flannel shirt under his velvet corduroy jacket and his necktie was red this latter stood for the red flag he had once lived with the socialists of paris and it symbolized the blood and brotherhood of man also he had never been known to wear anything on his head save a leather-banded sombrero it was even rumored that he had been born with this particular piece of headgear and in my experience it was provocative of nothing short of sheer delight to see that mexican sombrero hailing a cab in piccadilly or storm-tossed in the crush for the new york elevated as i have said carquinez was made quick by wine as the clay was made quick when god breathed the breath of life into it was his way of saying i confess that he was blasphemously intimate with god and i must add that there was no blasphemy in him he was at all times honest and because he was compounded of paradoxes greatly misunderstood by those who did not know him he could be as elementally raw at times as a screaming savage and at other times as delicate as a maid as subtle as a spaniard and well was he not aztec inca spaniard 
and now i must ask pardon for the space i have given him he is my friend and i love him the house was shaking to the storm as he drew closer to the fire and laughed at it through his wine he looked at me and by the added lustre of his eye and by the alertness of it i knew that at last he was pitched in his proper key and so you think you've won out against the gods he demanded why the gods whose will but theirs has put satiety upon men he cried and whence the will in me to escape satiety i asked triumphantly again the gods he laughed it is their game we play they deal and shuffle all the cards and take the stakes think not that you have escaped by fleeing from the mad cities you with your vine-clad hills your sunsets and your sunrises your homely fair and simple round of living i've watched you ever since i came you have not won you have surrendered you have made terms with the enemy you have made confession that you are tired you have flown the white flag of fatigue you have nailed up a notice to the effect that life is ebbing down in you you have run away from life you have played a trick shabby trick you have balked at the game you refuse to play you have thrown your cards under the table and run away to hide here amongst your hills he tossed his straight hair back from his flashing eyes and scarcely interrupted to roll a long brown mexican cigarette but the gods know it is an old trick all the generations of man have tried it and lost the gods know how to deal with such as you to pursue is to possess and to possess is to be sated and so you in your wisdom have refused any longer to pursue you have elected surcease very well you will become sated with surcease you say you have escaped satiety you have merely bartered it for senility and senility is another name for satiety it is satiety's masquerade bah but look at me i cried carcanus was ever a demon for hailing one's soul out and making rags and tatters of it he looked at me witheringly up and down you see no signs i challenged decay is insidious he retorted you are rotten ripe i laughed and forgave him for his very deviltry but he refused to be forgiven do i not know he asked the gods always win i have watched men play for years what seemed a winning game in the end they lost don't you ever make mistakes i asked he blew many meditative rings of smoke before replying yes i was nearly fooled once let me tell you there was marvin fisk you remember him and his dantesque face and poet's soul singing his chant of the flesh the very priest of love and there was ethel baird whom also you must remember a warm saint i said that is she holy as love and sweeter just a woman made for love and yet how shall i say drenched through with holiness as your own air here is with the perfume of flowers well they married they played a hand with the gods and they won they gloriously won i broke in carcanus looked at me pityingly and his voice was like a funeral bell they lost they supremely colossally lost but the world believes otherwise i ventured coldly the world conjectures the world sees only the face of things but i know has it ever entered your mind to wonder why she took the veil buried herself in that dolorous convent of the living dead because she loved him so and when he died speech was frozen on my lips by carcanus's sneer 
a pat answer he said machine made like a piece of cotton drill the world's judgment and much the world knows about it like you she fled from life she was beaten she flung out the white flag of fatigue and no beleaguered city ever flew that flag in such bitterness and tears now i shall tell you the whole tale and you must believe me for i know they had pondered the problem of satiety they loved love they knew to the uttermost farthing the value of love they loved him so well that they were fain to keep him always warm and a thrill in their hearts they welcomed his coming they feared to have him depart love was desire they held a delicious pain he was ever seeking easement and when he found that for which he sought he died love denied was love alive love granted was love deceased do you follow me they saw it was not the way of life to be hungry for what it has to eat and still be hungry man has never accomplished that feat the problem of satiety that is it to have and to keep the sharp famine edge of appetite at the groaning board this was their problem for they loved love often did they discuss it with all love's sweet ardours brimming in their eyes his ruddy blood spraying their cheeks his voice playing in and out with their voices now hiding as a tremolo in their throats and again shading a tone with that ineffable tenderness which he alone can utter how do i know all this i saw much more i learned from her diary this i found in it from fiona macleod for truly that wandering voice that twilight whisper that breath so dewy sweet that flame-winged lute-player whom none sees but for a moment in a rainbow shimmer of joy or a sudden lightning flare of passion this exquisite mystery we call amor comes to some rapt visionaries at least not with a song upon the lips that all may hear or with blithe viol of public music but as one wrought by ecstasy dumbly eloquent with desire how to keep the flame-winged lute-player with his dumb eloquence of desire to feast him was to lose him their love for each other was a great love their granaries were overflowing with plenitude yet they wanted to keep the sharp famine edge of their love undulled nor were they lean little fledglings theorizing on the threshold of love they were robust and realized souls they had loved before with others in the days before they met and in those days they had throttled love with caresses and killed him with kisses and buried him in the pit of satiety they were not cold wraiths this man and woman they were warm human they had no saxon soberness in their blood the color of it was sunset red they glowed with it temperamentally theirs was the french joy in the flesh they were idealists but their idealism was gallic it was not tempered by the chill and sombre fluid that for the english serves as blood there was no stoicism about them they were americans descended out of the english and yet the refraining and self-denying of the english spirit groping were not theirs they were all this that i have said and they were made for joy only they achieved a concept a curse on concepts they played with logic and this was their logic but first let me tell you of a talk we had one night it was of gautier's madeleine de Maupine. you remember the maid she kissed once and once only and kisses she would have no more 
not that she found kisses were not sweet but that she feared with repetition they would cloy satiety again she tried to play without stakes against the gods now this is contrary to a rule of the game the gods themselves have made only the rules are not posted over the table mortals must play in order to learn the rules well to the logic the man and the woman argued thus why kiss once only if to kiss once were wise was it not wiser to kiss not at all thus could they keep love alive fasting he would knock for ever at their hearts perhaps it was out of their heredity that they achieved this unholy concept the breed will out and sometimes most fantastically thus in them did cursed albion array herself a scheming wanton a bold cold calculating and artful hussy after all i do not know but this i know it was out of their inordinate desire for joy that they forewent joy as he said i read it long afterward in one of his letters to her to hold you in my arms close and yet not close to yearn for you and never to have you and so always to have you and she for you to be always just beyond my reach to be ever attaining you and yet never attaining you and for this to last for ever always fresh and new and always with the first flush upon us that is not the way they said it on my lips their love philosophy is mangled and who am i to delve into their soul stuff i am a frog on the dank edge of a great darkness gazing goggle-eyed at the mystery and wonder of their flaming souls and they were right as far as they went everything is good as long as it is unpossessed satiety and possession are death's horses they run in span and time could only tutor us to eke our rapture's warmth with custom's afterglow they got that from a sonnet of alfred austin's it was called love's wisdom it was the one kiss of madeline de maupin how did it run kiss we and part no further can we go and better death than we from high to low should dwindle or decline from strong to weak but they were wiser they would not kiss and part they would not kiss at all and thus they planned to stay at love's topmost peak they married you were in england at the time and never was there such a marriage they kept their secret to themselves i did not know then their rapture's warmth did not cool their love burned with increasing brightness never was there anything like it the time passed the months the years and ever the flame-winged lute-player grew more resplendent everybody marvelled they became the wonderful lovers and they were greatly envied sometimes women pitied her because she was childless it is the form the envy of such creatures takes and i did not know their secret i pondered and i marvelled as first i had expected subconsciously i imagine the passing of their love and then i became aware that it was time that passed and love that remained then i became curious what was their secret what were the magic fetters with which they bound love to them how did they hold the graceless elf what elixir of eternal love had they drunk together as had tristram and isoult of old time and whose hand had brewed the fairy drink as i say i was curious and i watched them they were love-mad they lived in an unending revel of love they made a pomp and ceremonial of it they saturated themselves in the art and poetry of love no they were not neurotics they were sane and healthy 
and they were artists but they had accomplished the impossible they had achieved deathless desire and i i saw much of them and their everlasting miracle of love i puzzled and wondered and then one day carcanus broke off abruptly and asked have you ever read love's waiting time i shook my head page wrote it curtis hidden page i think well it was that bit of verse that gave me the clue one day in the window-seat near the big piano you remember how she could play she used to laugh sometimes and doubt whether it was for them i came or for the music she called me a music sot once a sound debauchee what a voice he had when he sang i believed in immortality my regard for the gods grew almost patronizing and i devised ways and means whereby i could surely outwit them and their tricks it was a spectacle for god that man and woman years married and singing love-songs with a freshness virginal as new-born love himself with a ripeness and wealth of ardor that young lovers can never know young lovers were pale and anemic beside that long-married pair to see them all fire and flame in tenderness at a trembling distance lavishing caresses of eye and voice with every action through every silence their love driving them toward each other and they withholding like fluttering moths each to the other a candle flame and revolving each about the other in the mad gyrations of an amazing orbit flight it seemed in obedience to some great law of physics more potent than gravitation and more subtle that they must corporeally melt each into each there before my very eyes small wonder they were called the wonderful lovers i have wandered now to the clue one day in the window-seat i found a book of verse it opened of itself betraying long habit to love's waiting time the page was thumbed and limp with overhandling and there i read so sweet it is to stand but just apart to know each other better and to keep the soft delicious sense of two that touch o oh, love not yet sweet let us keep our love wrapped round with sacred mystery awhile waiting the secret of the coming years that come not yet not yet sometime not yet oh yet a little while our love may grow when it has blossomed it will haply die feed it with lipless kisses let it sleep bedded in dead denial yet some while oh yet a little while a little while i folded the book on my thumb and sat there silent without moving for a long time i was stunned by the clearness of vision the verse had imparted to me it was illumination it was like a bolt of god's lightning in the pit they would keep love the fickle sprite the forerunner of young life young life that is imperative to be born i conned the lines over in my mind not yet sometime o oh, love not yet feed it with lipless kisses let it sleep and i laughed aloud ha ha i saw with white vision their blameless souls they were children they did not understand they played with nature's fire and bedded with a naked sword they laughed at the gods they would stop the cosmic sap they had invented a system and brought it to the gaming table of life and expected to win out beware i cried the gods are behind the table they make new rules for every system that is devised you have no chance to win but i did not so cry to them i waited they would learn that their system was worthless and throw it away 
they would be content with whatever happiness the gods gave them and not strive to rest more away i watched i said nothing the months continued to come and go and still the famine edge of their love grew the sharper never did they dull it with a permitted love-clasp they ground and whetted it on self-denial and sharper and sharper it grew this went on until even i doubted did the gods sleep i wondered or were they dead i laughed to myself the man and the woman had made a miracle they had outwitted god they had shamed the flesh and blackened the face of the good earth mother they had played with her fire and not been burned they were immune they were themselves gods knowing good from evil and tasting not was this the way gods came to be i asked myself i am a frog i said before my mud-lidded eyes i should have been blinded by the brightness of this wonder i have witnessed i have puffed myself up with my wisdom and passed judgment upon gods yet even in this my latest wisdom i was wrong they were not gods they were man and woman soft clay that sighed and thrilled shot through with desire thumbed with strange weaknesses which the gods have not carcanes broke from his narrative to roll another cigarette and to laugh harshly it was not a pretty laugh it was like the mockery of a devil and it rose over and rolled the roar of the storm that came muffled to our ears from the crashing outside world i am a frog he said apologetically how are they to understand they were artists not biologists they knew the clay of the studio but they did not know the clay of which they themselves were made but this i will say they played high never was there such a game before and i doubt me if ever there will be such a game again never was lovers ecstasy like theirs they had not killed love with kisses they had quickened him with denial and by denial they drove him on till he was all aburst with desire and the flame-winged lute-player fanned them with his warm wings till they were all but swooning it was the very delirium of love and it continued undiminished and increasing through the weeks and months they longed and yearned with all the fond pangs and sweet delicious agonies with an intensity never felt by lovers before nor since and then one day the drowsy gods ceased nodding they aroused and looked at the man and woman who had made a mock of them and the man and woman looked into each other's eyes one morning and knew that something was gone it was the flame-winged one he had fled silently in the night from their anchorite's board they looked into each other's eyes and knew that they did not care desire was dead do you understand desire was dead and they had never kissed not once had they kissed love was gone they would never yearn and burn again for them there was nothing left no more tremblings and flutterings and delicious anguishes no more throbbing and pulsing and sighing and song desire was dead it had died in the night on a couch cold and unattended nor had they witnessed its passing they learned it for the first time in each other's eyes the gods may not be kind but they are often merciful they had twirled the little ivory ball and swept the stakes from the table all that remained was the man and woman gazing into each other's cold eyes and then he died that was the mercy within the week marvin fisk was dead you remember the accident and in her diary written at this time i long afterward read mitchell kennerley's there was not a single hour we might have kissed and did not kiss 
oh the irony of it i cried out and carcanes in the firelight a veritable mephistopheles in velvet jacket fixed me with his black eyes and they won you said the world's judgment i have told you and i know they won as you are winning here in your hills but you i demanded hotly you with your orgies of sound and sense with your mad cities and madder frolics bethink you that you win he shook his head slowly because you with your sober bucolic regime lose is no reason that i should win we never win sometimes we think we win that is a little pleasantry of the gods end of section one read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com